Hi, my little pumpernickel bread. Oh, well, hello. I just want to paint the scene for everybody listening and wherever they're corn dreaming this afternoon. Emily Van Gogh Marcus. Guys, we are in Taylor's bedroom. My view is a gorgeous pair of strawberry blonde extensions. Done. Gorge. And then also, I have to say, I'm looking at a Twilight book that was written from Edward Cullen's perspective. And you might be like, wait, didn't Stephanie Meyer just announce a new Twilight book written from Edward Cullen's perspective? Thank you, Emily, for bringing up this hoax, this scam. This This is like the chain message you got in high school that said, send this to 17 people or else a chainsaw murderer will enter your bedroom in the middle of the night. Like something isn't right here. No. And I'm glad that you brought up Stephanie Meyer and her faux new Edward Cullen book that we all owned in 2016 Mm -hmm. or whenever it was, because she is just one of the many ladies lately who have been pussy popping all over town for better or for worse. And that's what we're going to talk about today, folks. We have ladies all over your heads in the news cycle on Saturn, everywhere you look. There's another woman who is fucking up, tearing up the town. And we are looking at you, Aunt Becky. In your orange jumpsuit, sweetie. Everywhere you look. No, plot twist. Orange is a New Black is being revived on Netflix. Lori Loughlin is starring. Olivia Jade is producing. Their new puppy is the director. I am the PA. Like, it is happening. It is on. Get ready for the best two months of your fucking lives. Aunt Becky is straight up in shackles. And I just really want to know. Here's what I'm thinking. And um, you know way more about this whole sitch than I do. I'm not going to pretend to be well-versed in like Martha Stewart con artist. I wish I like wasn't. However, do we think that this lady is going to come in and turn that prison upside fucking down doing like Photoshop skiing, Photoshop sailing of all the gals in there so they can get out and live their lives? Or is she going to get eaten alive like the full house miss she is? Or is she going to only be in there for 48 hours because her lawyer is that good and because there's some drug dealer or murderer from Tucson who needs to take her place and then they realize the lady who admitted to committing mail fraud who has 14 million trillion dollars does not need to be in prison. Or Or. are you ready for my fake hair extensions to come to life? Please. She gets, quote, coronavirus stop by prison nice knowing you it's been fun why do i feel like a nostalgic deja vu version of like Teresa judice coming back from the grave like her and joe both going to jail for all my housewives of new york fans like this feels eerily familiar and the fact that like massimo whatever the fuck took one for the team by taking five months in prison like get you someone who can do both ladies this is the relationship of relationship goals if you fuck up somewhere in your life you better Find yourself a Mossimo who will go to jail, who will be willing to get shanked so your ass can stay home and buy a new Golden Goose and go to your yoga class three months earlier than he can. I want to point out a little bit of the crazy ass shit that goes on at tabloids. I thought you were going to say at jail. Like, I was like, oh my God, tell me. Let me tell you. (laughs) Did not thrive. Braiding my armpit hair, day three. So I remember I was interviewing to work at 
a gossip site. Fuck. Can we say it? I don't know anymore. It's like a little bit tricky, guys. We're like weighing out what we can and can't say. And we sound so cool right now. But like in a week, we'll have more clarity on like how much we can say to you. When I lived in New York, I was interviewing to work at this big publication that has a lot of celebrity news, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember the lady interviewing me at the time who's gone on to kill it and work at Entertainment Tonight and all these places told me to get the tea on Teresa in prison. She would have weekly phone calls with, oh, Emily's nodding like, honey. Oh, I already know where you're going with this, oh, sweetheart. Emily's like, this is my daily activity. She's like, give me something new. Um, she would talk to one of Teresa's prison mates like every week to like get the tea. Like what? This is your job. This is paying your dental, your 401k, your apartment, your floral arrangements. What the actual fuck? Let me do you one better. When Abby Lee Miller, president of the Dance Moms of America Association, queen of making little girls cry, saying, save your tears for your pillow, actual icon, because I was a dancer growing up, and let me tell you, that shit is real. Abby Lee Miller, when she was in prison for some kind of Australian like money fraud, I don't know, it sounds like a bad Netflix movie. She actually, we had at the entertainment site I work for, funny enough, the same one that you did, um, we had her weekly menu choices that she could choose from in prison. Her morning midday and evening and snacks. You better believe we knew what beverages she was offered. Tell me how one gets the menu that Abby Lee Miller is offered behind bars. I just need to ask you because I've interviewed her multiple times and this legend, a legend. This lady is the sweetest person. She's in her wheelchair. She will talk to you about whatever the flying fuck you want, honey. She will go there. And I'm like, what? Like, warranted this lady such a bad rap. Like, come tuck me in at night. I adore you. I'm almost sitting here crying because I remember the video we watched of our friend interviewing her and Abby Lee Miller just kind of zooms into the room on her wheelchair. Literally just like right in front of no. the computer. We'll have to share this with you guys because uh, it's a fucking hilarious. On her own time. I'm like the boss she is. She's like the interviewer can sit and wait until they're old and gray. I'm getting my makeup checked. I'm getting my hair curls done. Like I will wheel in on this chair whenever the fine fuck Girls. I feel like. Her menu better have been surf and turf. Otherwise enough that prison should be in prison. Live every day like it's your last baby. And you know what's funny because uh, did you watch Dan's Mom's Taylor? No. Okay. Like literally it triggered me. Like, honestly, I just have to say, well, you were a cheerleader in, in no. high school too. I can't even watch the show cheer. No. Like I have PTSD. My competition cheerleading team was literally run by this woman who looked like one of those blueberries in Willy Wonka. Terrifying. But listen, nobody thought Abby Lee Miller was thriving on Lifetime. Fast forward to Abby Lee Miller going to jail. Abby Lee Miller getting cancer. Abby Lee Miller living in the middle of nowhere doing interviews on her wheelchair. Nobody would have thought this lady thrived when she was just a simple dance teacher. She's such a fucking boss. And I remember when I interviewed her, if you used a Galileo microscope, you could not find a single flying fuck this lady had to give. She's like, honey, I've been to prison. I've had cancer. I'm in a wheelchair. Like, I've done it all. Jesus, take the wheel take me and my surf and turf whenever you deem fit crushing it and i actually want to tell you a little fun fact tell me to all you out there so abby lee miller is you know she's has ties with jojo siwa who oh my god who like pees unicorns the bow girl who like babysat northwest and northwest was just like not having it so do you want to know something crazy yeah of so course. jojo siwa you guys if you don't know she's this like YouTube internet sensation. Literally, her diarrhea is rainbows and leprechauns. Got her start on Dance Moms. Right. Which is Abby Lee Miller's show. So she lives on my, like, down my street. Stop it. Okay. Her house is like a gingerbread man's. 
whole estate. Doesn't didn't Justin Bieber get for that rainbow car? The rainbow car, I've seen it. I almost hit no, it. No, it I has, wish she did. She has. I don't know if this is the same automobile we're talking about, but it has her face on it. My Barbie Jeep could never. Never. Sorry. It was cute while it lasted, but like Abby Lee Miller, I actually interviewed her two days before she checked into jail. Like it was iconic. Was she scared? Oh, honey. She was ready. Honey. I interview her. She is fantastic. Just saying how she like does not give a shit. She is ready to go. I took a photo with her. She posed me. She made me bend down like in front of her in a very weird way. And she wrapped her arms around me from the back. I literally felt like Maddie Ziegler, you guys. And not while she's thriving at the Hollywood Bowl dancing for Sia. Maddie Ziegler when she's like being harassed because her toe isn't pointed hard enough. Like it was honestly a moment. It was a moment. I just spit all the way to Jojo Siwa's house. I want to point out if you haven't seen this already, you really should. There's a documentary about Abby Lee Miller's life before prison and then after prison. The last thing she does before she checks into prison gets a manicure no this prison's in the middle of nowhere like Yemensville, and she's literally just driving in the back seat she this icon has a large container of like craft mac and cheese and she's stuffing her face with mac and cheese and then the camera just zooms to black and i'm like i want to go out that way do you know what kind of is probably the ones that are like bugs bunny shape no 100 percent. honestly there's nothing better i wouldn't want to be like Lori laughlin like you know hiding from the cameras arriving to jail on a private jet i want to be abby i want to take my last bite of mac and cheese and get this shit over with baby i fucking love that lady now have you ever interviewed Lori? because i haven't oh you have no 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 no. i can't say that i have but i have like I'd like to think I do because I have many mutual acquaintances with Olivia J. Giannulli. Is this a Kylie Jenner scenario where like you guys made graham crackers together? Oh my and, God, like, no, I wish we were in the same carpool, but we weren't. I actually like know people who are in her sorority at USC. I am a future USC student. So I actually, fun fact, the master's program at USC in strategic public relations did a case study last year about how badly the school handled the scandal. Like the faculty is very upfront with their students. They're like, guys, we fuck this shit up. Do you think because this lady, like it was her rise and shine moment when she was convicted, like remember M, she was doing autographs outside the courthouse. It's my Twitter cover photo. How could I forget? She was like giving her mugshot away, like in giveaways and giving it away with champagne. So is that how she's going to go about behind bars? Be like, I will give you my blood, honey, for a pack of gum. It's so interesting because this lady against all advisement from her legal team showed up to Boston like in a private jet like she she should have flown commercial she should have been in coach next to Abby from Nebraska she should have been eating those bad pretzels here's my thing because you are well way more well versed in this whole sitch than I am do you think she got like two months she was sentenced right yeah do you think that was enough or not or like do you think because of her priv she was able to only get two months. Like, cause when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's it. I thought this woman was going to go down fighting. Guys, remember this woman was arrested at gunpoint by the FBI in March, 2019. Okay. She has been pleading not guilty since then for over a year. Meanwhile, Felicity Huffman. Gotta get tired. Gotta get tired. Felicity had a great crisis management team, admitted fall, did her 14 days with, you know, Orange is the New Black's latest cast. Like she got it done. There were photos of her. She did it. She'll be in hiding for another year. Then she'll reemerge, do a Today Show interview, maybe be in a Lifetime movie and then move her way back up to stardom. Like she, the public loves a good 
redemption story. This is part of her plan. Yeah. This is part of her plan. And William H. Macy is a legend. Like, we'll probably see her on the red carpet when he's promoting the last season of Shameless. Like, I think Felicity and her daughter actually got into college. She took the SAT again and she got into school. So it's like that family is recovering. Meanwhile, Lori literally deny, deny, deny until you die. And then she was threatened that her children would be the star witnesses against her. And that's what caused them, I think, to plead guilty. No, William H. Macy, like, that guy is a boss. One time I interviewed him. This was before all this shit went down. And he full-on told me that he is all up in his kids' sex lives. Like, you guys thought T.I. was bad? T.I. is the tooth fairy compared to this man, okay? He was literally like, I want my daughters to have wild, crazy, smart, sophisticated, intelligent, educated sex. I was like... Okay, like we just went there. Dr. Ruth is in the building. Love it. Here for it. Father manifesto heard around the world. No. This is Aunt Becky's plan. Like, come out flying sky high, honey. Do your lifetime movie. Do what you got to do. You know? Do you think? Like, I honestly think this woman is going to like go out Cristiano Ronaldo style, buy a private island, wait this all out. Like, I don't fucking know. I mean, her children are living like nothing happened. Like, Olivia Jade posted a video like, basically what Sophia Franklin did on Instagram. Like, I can't talk about anything, but it's all lies. Like, great. Thank you for saying absolutely nothing, even though it went viral. Like, I don't know what their kids are going to do. They don't have a college education. They lost all their brand deals. They're sitting around a fancy house with a puppy. Like, what comes next? I think it could go either way. I think, you know, what's going to be interesting if red carpets ever do come back this side of the Mississippi, if her full house castmates, like, I don't know if you've ever interviewed them, dude, but I have, it's so hard. It's like all of them, dude. I was just going to say like, there are those people who go to every red carpet, every like the bachelor people. And I, if you don't see Bob Saget at a carpet, there's something wrong. No, you're not. You're in your dreams. Wake up. No, I remember I interviewed with her name, like Jody Sweetie or something. Jody, I think she did. She went to my school or she's spoken at my school. One or the other. She's, she's cool. She was a drug addict. Fun fact. Oh, like real bad. I could tell she's like not having your shit kind of gal. I just like really had nothing to ask her. I think it was like way before they were even talking about bringing the show back from the grave. And I asked her like very bluntly as I do, how do you feel that the show is going to be like associated with you for your whole life? You know, like that kind of thing. It's sort of like, you know, we talked about this in another episode, the one about Nikki Reed with Twilight, but like they hate for whatever reason though, even though it made them fucking millions, these people hate being associated with the franchises that blew them up. And I remember when I asked her, she was just like so flippant. Like she was like, give me a beer and go home. Like she was like, don't waste my time, hon. The only time Vanessa Hudgens ever admitted that she was in High School Musical (laughs) was when she fucked up so badly on Instagram and like made fun of coronavirus that she suddenly put together some dance Zoom session with Ashley Tisdale. We're all in this together. Bring it back to life. Like besides that, I don't know her. Gabrielle Montel, who's that? I'm so glad you brought up Vanessa because... Well, first, ta-ta to Aunt Becky, toodles. One more thing to close out our full house sesh. I just want everybody to like distinctly remember that Alanis Morissette wrote her iconic song, (laughs) You Oughta Know, about Uncle Joey. Uncle Joey, get on this podcast ASAP and do tell if you are hung or not. Because that is the only explanation that a boss ass bitch like at Atlantis. That song is literally like, Ugh, do you love you? Like, I literally, obsessed. that's a song that you play in your car when you're pissed at the world. I remember when I was with a married guy and he decided to stay with his wife. Like, Feels. How cliche. I just like blast that on his rooftops for like months. Cheers to being so. the other woman, sis. Foot high five. Ding. So you brought up Vanessa, who didn't she apologize over her whole Corona thing, which she shouldn't have had to cancel culture, get a grip. You know how we feel about you. Take a Xanax and go to fucking bed. Someone, someone 
out there who is a beacon of hope among us. We are not worthy. Her name is Lana Del Rey. Lana was put in a position this week, which we're going to get into, where people wanted her to pull a Vanessa Hutchins and apologize. And guess what, Em? Guess what, you guys? This bitch wasn't having it. She was like, I will not give you an apology. You can sit and wait for Jesus to resurrect again before that happens. And here's why. So we're going to take it back a little bit to explain what happened and why she was not, in fact, here for your shit. Sorry. Lana Del Rey's music, like the Born to Die album came out when I was in ninth grade. And guys, listen, like that was when I was having my first like. I don't even say like serious crush that you like convince yourself is love, but you're like not sure. And then you hear Lana Del Rey's born to die album. And you're like, Oh my God, this is what I'm feeling. Like you're angsty. You have feathers in your hair. You have braces still. You are a few pounds overweight. You're not the coolest kid in school. And guess what? Acne. Lana Del Rey's singing about how the road gets tough and you don't know why and whatever and love and cocaine. And you're like, I relate, but it's like, do you though? But that's when Lana Del Rey entered my awareness. She takes you to that level. You feel like you're having a spiritual awakening. You feel like you're on acid when you're actually stone cold sober. Fun fact, my stepsister met my, okay. I like don't talk to her, but like rip when I was younger. And like I did, my stepsister met her at the airport. Lana Del Rey signed something that said like, hi, Emily, love Lana Del Rey. And then she filmed a little video of herself saying, hi, Emily. It's Lana wishing you lots of love and blew a little kiss. Yeah, you better believe I memorized the script. So yeah, Lana Del Rey has always been a major part of my life. And this week just elevated how different she is from the norm. And let's take it down. Well, she basically put up this post and she said, help me understand culture. Help me understand this. So you have all of these women, which I want to ask you about this after M because she says, You have all these women who have come out talking literally about their pussy hairs, their assholes, like you name it. You have like, she names Ariana Grande, Nicki Minaj, Cardi B. She says they sing about sex and they've just like elevated to a new level because of it. Showing women in a more, you know, empowering sexual way, which is like women can talk about this shit too. Like swallow the pill and enjoy every minute. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Really like breaking those boundaries. So then she says, okay, so we have all these women doing that. So why can't we have women like myself singing about maybe another kind of woman, an introverted, more delicate, a softer woman? Is there an, I'm just, if you guys are hearing this for the first time, is there an issue with this statement? Because I feel like it's pretty fucking straightforward. Okay, this is like not something that Socrates needs to decipher. Before we get into the criticism, people were putting up memes, making fun of her, talking about how like, she was like shitting on all these women and throwing shade at them. Now, did you see this as shade? Absolutely. At such as Ariana, Cardi, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. Okay. Did you? I did, but then I read it more and I was like, I'm confused because she's cheering them on saying they broke these boundaries and did this, but everyone took it as shade. She said they're her favorite artists too. So it was a little bit confusing. And then she got even more hate because someone said that she's speaking out against artists that are a certain race and it's racism. It's like, no, you can make a comment about somebody. You can make a critique and it doesn't matter if they're white, black, turquoise. Like you're just allowed to have criticism. And I hate that the race card is played a lot or the women card is played a lot. It's like, what if you just simply have a critique about somebody and it doesn't matter where the hell they're from or what they look like. It's like, that's not allowed. Well, it's also like when I read it, I, my first thing is like, she just did a song with Ariana, um, Mm -hmm. Call Me Angels. Yeah. People are like, oh, she's so racist, tone deaf, blah, blah. 
blah, 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 blah. First of all, why is everything about race? Mm-hmm. Second of all, and I'm going to get shit for saying that, but second of all, Ariana Grande was among those women. She's not black as much as she thinks she is. So what the fuck? Like, clearly it's not about race. Like, who are the women she called out? Ariana Doja Cat, who literally got famous for the Bitch of Macau video. Oh God, you guys forget. need to look it up. She literally says, Bitch of Macau. I'm not a cat. I don't say meow. This is how your favorite say so gal pal TikTok dancing queen got started. Side note. So Doja Cat, Ariana. So Doja Cat, by the way, we did a little Google sweep. She's oh. a mix. <laughs> She's a mix. Her mom is a white Jew. Deborah. Her name is Deborah. Yeah. Like her, I'm pretty sure I've seen her at my temple. No, 100%. On She's Friday like night services. Leading your sermon on Yom Kippur. Okay. And her dad is black. So needless to say, this is a mix of women. And it's like, why are you now going to make this about race when clearly it's not? And basically, Lana comes out and says, I admire these women. Hell, she's worked with one of them. I don't know if she's worked with more of them. So she was like, bro, she shut that fucking shit down real ass quick. And I think that this is what it takes for us to cancel cancel culture. It's going to take people of high profile to fucking mean what they say and stick by it and don't cave in like a scared little mouse. When you say something people don't like, like she shut that shit down right away. Did you see? She was like, oh, bro, of course. she was like, bro, this is like paraphrasing, but she literally said the word bro. She's like, don't even go there. Don't even try it. She's a, she's a candid girl. I mean, she does not care what anybody thinks. That's always been her MO. That's why she gets a lot of criticism from the music industry. Like sometimes her music makes zero sense, but like she's an independent lady and you've got to respect it. She holds it down. I've seen her at events as someone who just like appreciates her overall aesthetic. I just so appreciate how she just doesn't give a fuck. And what she did saying that being like, bro, don't go there. Sorry. Like, don't even try it. Just shows that she marches to the beat of her own drummer. She's a badass. And just keep killing it, sis. That's all I got to say. And don't forget my hard-hitting interview with her, our sit-down 45-minute exclusive. I should really, I should just play it, you know? If Matt Lauer wasn't wallowing in his cave, he would be after listening oh, to this. Oh, of course. Let's just play it. Sorry, Oprah. Sorry, Katie Curry. Just how it's going to be. Emily, take it away. How much does the recognition for this album mean to you? It's awesome. It's so incredible. Thank Congratulations. you so I'm very proud of it. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. So yeah, that was just, you know, a moment in time. I did, I was nominated for a Pulitzer. I don't want to talk about, I don't like bragging, you know, very humble. Yeah, no, that's really sweet of you. No, of course. It's like, you don't want to make everyone else feel so intimidated by that really thorough sit down. I try. You're only as good as your last interview. So I'm just, I'm really proud. And that's, that's the TT. Because Lana didn't cave to the whole, you're a racist. Some other high, semi-high profile. I have her name Googled right here, legit, because I don't know it off the top of my head. She did cave to this recently. So. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I love how we can't remember her name, even though it's like the whitest, most American, straightforward name in the history of the universe. Allison Roman. Shout out to you, sis. We hear you. (laughs) We see you. Actually, we don't because you need to stick to your loins, honey. You just lost yourself in New York Times column for no reason. Sweetheart, you need to. Yeah. You need to not be such a pushover when people who are bullies come after you. So here's the story. Morning Glory. Basically, this girl who is a food columnist for the New York Times threw shade at other culinary gals such as Chris. Chrissy Teigen and the other one. Hold on, I'm pulling this up. Chrissy Teigen, you might remember from an earlier episode, yeah. bully Taylor into leaving her job. No. Even though I will say I was snooping around in Taylor's quick kitchen earlier. And guess what I saw? What? A Chrissy Teigen <gasps> Cravings cookbook. Oh my God, you just exposed expose her my Taylor, secret excuse me are you really that interested in making banana bread a la Chrissy you guys, when she literally you caused you she caused me 
my emotional distress emotional distress and yes i have to say i'm that obsessed with food that despite the terror chrissy teigen has wreaked on me on my family on my well-being i still have her cookbook to make philly cheesesteaks i mean that's what i'm willing to do for fucking food holy shit can i get an amen so the other lady that this new york times person talks about is marie kondo marie kondo would literally come into my house and have me assassinated well, I don't know her. Oh my God. She's the one who's like, does it bring you joy? Her whole, fa- her whole philosophy on cleaning, knock it off your house. No, knock it off sis. Her whole philosophy on cleaning is like picking something up. Does this t-shirt give you joy? Okay. I'm sorry. Like lady, what? So Marie Kondo, thank you next. So this girl, this girl says in an interview, I guess she's promoting something and she basically You guys can Google it. I'll give you the little Cliff Notes version. She throws shade at Chrissy Teigen and the joy-filled manifesto Buddha woman about... I'm probably going to get called racist for that, but okay, whatever. Oh, I literally didn't even think about that. See, that's the thing. That's the thing. Okay, she happens to be Asian. I literally... Like, this woman could be white and we'd still call her like a crystal spiritual guru who wants us to rid all of our stuff from our house. We're not saying like, we're all the same. I'm like you, you're like me. You as a black girl are going to have a totally different experience than I am as a white girl. We acknowledge that. But again, why does everything have to be in race? So PC, like, so watch what you say. Like, totally. So guys, knock it off. Yeah. So this girl basically threw a little bit of shade in an interview saying that she, you know, Chrissy and this Joy girl, they kind of like sold themselves out. Like she kind of made the, you know, alluded to the fact that they just wanted everything out there to build their empire. So sure, these kitchen mitts, this stovetop burner, throw my name on it and let's sell some shit. She specifically criticized Chrissy for having a line at Target. Right. Yeah. So then it turned into this whole thing because Chrissy Teigen is like her banana bread factory is, I don't know, it's temporarily closed. So she has like nothing to do. So she ends up going on Twitter. And of course, once Chrissy Teigen goes on Twitter, as I know, go back and listen to the episode. That's the law enforce the Declaration of Independence, which she says goes. So she goes on Twitter and says, like, this is really upsetting. I was actually going to executive produce this girl's show. I looked up to her, blah, blah, blah. Really quick. I would never think of Chrissy as a respected cookbook offer. She's just a model with privilege who decided she wanted to take her cooking career to the next level. And because her husband's John Legend and because she's Chrissy Teigen, she was able to do so. Not normally somebody can just emerge and become Ina Garden. That's not how it works. So let's not pretend like the circumstances surrounding Chrissy Teigen's life didn't help her become a person in the cooking world. Thank you. Like talk about privilege and thank you for bringing up Ina, the true queen of legend. legend. So this girl, not only like issues an apology, you guys, the New York times cancels her fucking column. Like the New York times. I have so much to say about you, but just like get over yourself. Like you're canceled by, and she goes as far as to say that she is a white woman of privilege and she couldn't possibly understand these women because Marie Kondo's Asian as well. And Emily and I were texting about it and we're like, again, why is everything, like, why did you have to make this about race? Why? And then Chrissy removed herself from social media for a minute for like two days because somebody attacked her. This is the woman who was known for fucking shit up on Twitter. Like, I'm sorry, hypocrite? Target dish, but you can't target take? 
I mean, I don't know. And I just don't think I needed to go down this way. Like poor Allison Roman was bullied into just being quieted because of an opinion she had. Like, I'm sorry. Are you not allowed to publicly voice your approval or lack thereof for somebody who's your colleague? So let me ask you, like if she was throwing shade at a cucumber, would she just be like, I'm so sorry. I do not understand the cucumber experience of life. I want to tell you like a tiny little story that shows like how permeated this is in our culture. So I have a neighbor, good looking 29 year old guy from UK. So fucking smart. You guys like he's crushing it right now in coronavirus because he's creating he works for a video game company. and He's literally creating like Call of Duty. I don't know. Really fucking smart. (laughs) Yes, we know what Call of Duty is. Yes, we talk to boys. Yes, we know what a video game is. Do we know how to use it? Absolutely not. He asked me about video games and I'm like, it's called Mario Kart, sweetie. Google it. One time I was playing like a video game, like a basketball thing with my ex. And like I accidentally won and I realized the thing wasn't even on. So it was literally just like the like remote control, like glitching or like the system, like beating him. And he's like, how do you want to do that? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just like naturally gifted. Brought Steve Jobs back in a seance, had him fucking rig that shit so you would win. No, you just got to do what you got to do, ladies. And so he's telling me a story the other night because we're all enjoying cocktails. You know, it's the only sanity we have at night in our little courtyard to hang on to, to remember we have a pulse, to remember that we exist. And we're just having small chat. And he talks about how this guy he works with said the word whiling, you know, like I'm whiling out. I don't and even. What does that even mean? Like wiling out, like you're just getting, like freaking out. Like you're getting, like you're getting crazy. Like getting having, crazy. having a good time. I think. Okay. Wow. Okay. We could not be whiter than snow. Wiling out. Whiter than snow. <laughs> is and that like a known? Is that a known term? Yeah, I think like Nick Cannon had a show that's like wiling out. He's actually a great person to interview too. I'll talk he about is him so sweet. Time. I Cannon is a doll. A doll. A doll. I, inter- I interviewed one him once in a parking lot. He was on his way out of the parking lot to catch a plane. He like sat down, like did Gem. my lipstick, a gemstone. adjusted my, oh, this is going to sound like me too, whatever. Okay. This joke isn't going anywhere, but anyway, he's a sweetheart. Anyway, we digress. Exactly. So ba- bring it back to my neighbor. So he is telling me a story of how this white guy at his work just says like, I'm wiling or something wiling. Their black coworker literally said to them, like you, he said to the guy who said it, you can't say that. That's not your culture. And my friend who's from the UK, and this is why I love hearing his point of view, because it's almost like a little kid. Like they're so innocent and they have like no preconceived notions. This really describes actually every man I've ever encountered in the UK. Well, because for him, like he just moved here a few years ago. So he's like everything through him is like a fresh lens, like a kid. So when they say something, it's like so refreshing because it's so like pure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's so like, why is it like this? And he said, he actually said to the guy, like, why is that a big deal? Like, why do you care that he said that? It's not like he was like, you're the N word or hate speech or this or that. Like, cause it's- that's a whole different story. Like we know that there's been some controversy online about the end. Like we are guys that is, completely completely different of course that's not okay i'm talking exactly like no brain cells could be brain dead to know that i'm talking about like slaying he literally asked him like why do you care like why would you get so uptight about that so it just goes to show how like it feeds into the lana del rey thing it's like one little thing could be so misconstrued and like emily said there's such a difference between like slaying and something casually throwing out the n-word exactly something that's completely harmless with like hate speech like come on come on guys is that really gonna move us forward just think about that and allison's probably so embarrassed like she's taking some time off chrissy is back to her normal scheduled programming of cooking banana bread ice cream and it's just a shame Mm -hmm. so allison what doesn't kill you makes you stronger except you should have been stronger and that is that is that take a note from britney sweetness love it 
love it. No. Yes. See, Brittany was my queen when Lana was yours. I wrote in my diary, oh. like, I'm so, my dad found it. No. Like, so many years later. No. And he was like, I'm so, today's the best day. It's Britney Spears' birthday. Learned every single one of their dances. Could still do them backwards, sideways, in my sleep. You name it. Slave for you. Don't care. How old were you when you found out um, that if you seek Amy is the hidden meaning behind oh, that? Oh, I was a little bit older, but I was deaf like, what a clever little biatch. What a clever. Oh. I actually, my Peloton instructor yesterday told us that um, he actually spent the entire like ride talking about the meaning behind um, like a prayer. Or yeah, is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did make out, so they're when osmosis. You call my name, it's like, like a little, little prayer. prayer. Down on my knees, I want to take you there. Actually, do you want to know how I learned? You're going to fucking, <laughs> your mind is going to be goddamn Tell blown. me I'm scared. So, you know, Ariana, God is a woman. Uh-huh. She has lyrics in there that say kind of like the same gist, like in the midnight hour, blah, 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 blah. Like, I'll take you there, kind of same thing. And you know how she has Madonna in it? And we know the whole thing is about sex. So it was an ode to like a prayer. And both of these religious references are talking about fucking preach it. That's Illuminati shit right there. I actually have an Illuminati story, Illuminati story I wanted to discuss on today's episode. As you know, I work in PR. And my client, um, she is, uh, you know, she's a viral star who does singing, dancing, all that jazz. And she does modeling too. And her manager gets an email from Vogue Global. Basically, it's a very professional email, Condé Nast, Nasthead, whatever, saying that they want to pursue her for the winter 2020 campaign, wanted something they're working on, and they do not want to involve any agents or any managers in this. So please contact this man at the bottom of the thing and, you know, contact him for further information. It needs to be from Lexi directly. So obviously, I'm reading between the lines and it's like, great. So I'm not a manager. I'm not an agent. Ha ha. I am a publicist. So I contact this guy and he immediately contacts me on WhatsApp and he goes, hello, Emily. This is Sessio from Vogue. Do you have a moment? He goes, are you aware that particular individuals control this industry and decide who obtains fame and who doesn't all the, and the goal of centralizing wealth and fame. So at this point, I'm a little bit confused because this man from Vogue is like going on a rant about like aliens and Mars, this whole conspiracy theory that he dug up from like, Tomb Raider. And then I look at his icon and I don't know why I didn't earlier. It's the Illuminati symbol. So cool. So he's in cahoots with Jay-Z, no. Beyonce, you name it. No. So then I ask him, may I ask your last name and can you please direct me to your LinkedIn or a place where I can find more information about your role at Vogue? This is the message I get back, you guys. I hope you're sitting down. And this is why agents fail their clients. I will withdraw from here and we can end this conversation. Research the Illuminati and their influences in the industry. Goodbye. I'm sure your client is aware of the devil and his influence in the industry. Thanks again. Can you please delete my contact? I said, I've contacted my, I've contacted my peers at Vogue International and let them know of the scheme you have going. Using a company's name is fraudulent and they'll be taking action. He goes, thank you. I'll await their reply. So are you in the Illuminati? Is that what you're trying to tell us? Yeah. So I think I was almost accidentally recruiting my client into the Illuminati publicist of the year. So all you are trying to do is get her a little exposure, get her a little coverage, get yeah, her a little article, get sure. her a little spread. Next thing you know, you're in a cult alongside Jay-Z. Well, next thing I know, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid with Anna Wintour. Like I mean, you guys. So this is the crazy shit that happens in Hollywood. There are Illuminati believers. And how did this episode go from racism to Illuminati? Like, like so wait, Beyonce and Jay-Z are like, that's a thing, right? hundred percent. One hundred percent. I mean, listen guys, you didn't, you heard it here first. I mean, no one can convince me otherwise. That's all I'm saying. 
Do you want to know who else I think is in the Illuminati? I feel like I know what you're going to say, but I want you to have this moment. First name is Suit. Last Last name, name, man. Man. We're going there, guys. We're fucking going there. Because guess what? I was today years old when when I found out that you can make $500,000 a year talking about cum. So (laughs) let's back it up a little bit. Let's back that ass up. It's a story heard around the world. These two girls had a killer podcast and they shit the bed and fucked their shit up. These two girls hosted a podcast talking about cum shots and truffle butter once a week for a platform called Barstool. The podcast was called Call Her Daddy. Listen, I've listened to it. I've taken notes. I've soaked it all in. It's a great podcast. They're entertaining as hell. But... These girls literally handle business like two seven and a half year olds trying to trade gummy bears on the playground. Basically, they completely blew up. And I listened to them too. Guys listened to them. Girls listened to them. They fucked it up. All the little birdies around the world are talking about it. We had to address it because we can't not. Because if you don't know what Suitman is at this point, you definitely are in a rocket ship with Elon Musk and route out of the Milky Way. Get a dictionary, get at the source and get yourselves educated. We're not going to go through all the details, but basically they were in a contract with Barstool who blew them up. They were a nobody 55 seconds ago and they decided because they blew up, they wanted to go elsewhere, get out of their contract, get more money. And now Barstool and their founder, Dave Portnoy, are putting their asses on fucking blast 24-7. It is the biggest gift to the internet. Kim Kardashian's paper spread is wallowing in sorrow and tears because this shit is exploding. It's entertaining. And it's just so wild because Dave Portnoy has completely pulled back the curtain, showing the transparency of what the hell has gone on over there. Well, that's what's so fascinating to us as industry professionals. Also, any press is good press, honey. And Dave Portnoy has embraced that. He wears it. It runs through his veins. It's the fire in his loins. He believes it. Literally, listen, I've watched his following count risen. I've watched Sophia's following count risen. Oh, and wouldn't you know, Alex Cooper has been silent risen. Everybody is benefiting off of this. I'm sure they're getting merch. Whoever Suitman is, that weird ass HBO Peter guy, probably in hiding in witness protection by now, but this is good for the brand. It's incredible brand exposure. And Dave knows that in the episode, even if you don't listen to call her daddy guys, if you want an inside take of like negotiation contracts, what it takes from going to $70,000 a year to 500,000 for literally talking about like eating someone out. This is the podcast to listen to because it is insane how he just tears back the curtain. He even addresses, I could get sued. I could, but I'm not doing anything. I'm just speaking my truth. Like what a revelation. It's so refreshing for us because we're so used to PR covering shit up, buttoning up, sweeping stuff under the rug. And this motherfucker is taking his balls out. And he's like, I have nothing to hide. Here's what happened. So if you guys are wondering, I think the episode is called Daddy Speaks. Daddy Speaks. I could literally do a college dissertation on how bonkers the whole situation is because what kind of narcotics does someone have to seriously be on to want to fuck over the network who blew you up in like a year was making you millions following the whole thing and their fans are like well shit like how do we know we can trust you now because you gals were like you know, the boy who cried wolf saying you were still poor living in New York and you're making millions. Like, give me a break. Sophia Franklin is literally her boyfriend is Charles Manson. She is brainwashed. I mean, listen, if he 
he's literally telling her to ask for a million dollars when this is Sophia Franklin, who literally made a career out of talking about boobs. Honestly, how? And this man comes in, tells her she should shop around her podcast while she's still in contract at Wondery, like a network that doesn't even, I mean, exist. I think it's like a real lesson on like fame and ego and greed and what happens when you get all that stuff right away. Now, I want to tell you, I was actually really turned off by this pair when they were totally, totally shitty to a little gal. Our gal, know. Kristen Fleming. Kristen Fleming. She is a writer at the New York Post. She is having her moment. We are here for her. We are propping her up. We are all about it. Now, what happened was, this is way back when they didn't like Titanic themselves into the fucking deep end. The New York Post had done a, a feature on these two when their whole podcast blew up. Cut to a few months later. Kirsten wrote a not so flattering story about them calling them fembots and stuff like that. Cause I guess what had happened was in an episode, they kind of like, I listened to it. They basically went off the walls about the photo shoot saying that like basically people on their team were doing their makeup while they were drunk. It was completely unprofessional, everything. And then Kristen had written the article about them and they didn't like it. And then they went off on her. Kirsten wrote, we're the ones who gave you press and like, you were going to shit on us. She also broke the fourth wall. Right. Fun fact, we wanted her on this podcast and she refused. She did. But Kirsten, the invite's open. The door's open. All are at your girls. We're here for you. This is where I was so turned off by them because everyone before that was already like, they're trash, they're this, they're that. And I was, I never had a problem with the show. I was always just like, you're a prude, get over it. Like, they're fine. After they did the episode, they put up a post on their Instagram feed of pictures of this woman, Kirsten, who criticized them. Now... They did a slideshow and it's picture after picture after picture. And you can clearly tell, like they made the caption, like, welcome Kirsten to the daddy gang. That's like what they call their fans. And you can tell like these two hosts, these girls pride themselves on being like hot smoke shows, like the whole thing. You can tell whether they said it or not, they are making fun of this girl who's totally average. And then in turn, all of their followers were coming out of the woodwork, trolling this poor writer, being like, oh, yeah, she's a smoke show, blah, 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 all this shit. And I was furious. I was so worked up on a physical level because I was like, I would kill for a platform like that. And look, you and I, am. we call women out all day long. But to use your platform to be that petty and like encourage your following to bully some girl is just so beyond foul like I literally wrote on the post and I said you guys like I'm an entertainment reporter I like your podcast but I have to say like this is tacky as fuck you remind me of the mean girls I couldn't wait wait to get away from in high school because it's just like that to me is like why why you could post about anything post about nipples like you do all day like why take time and energy to get your following to come out and attack this poor girl no this is kind of on a separate note but i think like their following they used to have their followers brainwashed like a cult to do anything follow them off a bridge now when their whole thing on every single episode was saying how poor they are how they live in an apartment where it's like homeless people over the street they throw their trash out the window like hang up their laundry in the kitchen like that was all they're saying that they live and like they don't make any money off this podcast and lo and behold they're making half a million like that's just lying to your fan base like I think that even if they were to come back which I'm sure there is room for that because they're they must be making the network so much money for Dave to even be talking to them still like 
It's just fascinating because how do you rebuild that trust when you've literally had these people glued to your hip and now they don't even know if they can trust a word you say. Are you virgins? Are you? Bye. No, like... I don't know, guys. Just food for thought. So that's it for the female pussy popping for better, for worse. For better or for worse, honey. COVID or No one is safe. Whether you're, you know pushing Abby Miller around in her wheelchair or whether you're Alex Cooper and witness protection program or whether you're Lana Del Rey going against the bitch. I'm a cowgirl. Like we are just going to call it like we see it, man. I feel like a woman. 